Hi everyone, today is March 23rd, 2019, and this is the Duel Assessment, your podcast for Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. My name is Green Ranger, and this week in the Duel World, um, we saw the wrap-up of the U-Bell event. The month is pretty much just wrapping up. Uh, we have different things to talk about this week. Uh, some esports from Duel Links meta, they had their uh, MCS 16 last week, as long as the regular meta weekly, so we're going to talk about those things. Um... As for the question for the week, I themed it around Ubel. I think uh, that uh, that event wrapping up and people getting access to more of those cards really did have an impact on the ranked meta, at least not you know the top tier uh, tournament meta, but uh, you know things that people typically see on the ranked ladder. We have the dual quest, a new card from the dual quest, and I'm going to talk about the um, cards we get from the level 35 rank up from 5Ds that happened last week. But I assume most people don't have all the cards yet. Uh, they're not, you know, you, you do plan on leveling up everyone eventually, the 35 to get the gems at least. But there are some cool cards to talk about. And of course, um, Doug has his casual deck of the week. He'll, he'll go over those. And we got the new news for next month as well. So lots to talk about. As for myself, I was finally able to get to Legend, even Legend 2 at some point. I don't think I'm at Legend Two anymore, but um, I was. I'm, I'm playing. I'm currently playing a Psychic Synchro deck, and this deck. I don't know the exact cards, but I have something like you know three Serene Psychic Witches, three Junk Synchrons, three uh, Psychic Trackers, one Psychic Wheel Dealer, and um, Econs, Paleozoic Canadians, Floodgates, something like that, and. Uh, you know, the goal of the deck is to use all of your Synchro Monsters. So I've had things like Psychic Nightmare, uh, Powered Insectron, Junk Destroyer, a Stardust Dragon, and Armadides, of course. So it was a pretty cool deck. Uh, unfortunately, there were days where I was just playing against Ubel decks, I think. And it kind of... It, t- it took the fun out of the game, seriously. Like, I just played you know, my three games and... You know, three or two of them were against Ubel decks, so then that was it for me for the day. So um, that's kind of why I had those questions. I was a bit frustrated uh, with the deck. Um, not so much that I lost against them, but there are many other reasons. But this uh, this Psychic Synchro deck is pretty cool. Um, it's just going to be my deck to play out the rest of the month, I guess. And I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to bring it to the Kaiba Cup. I'm not sure how well this stacks up against the really good decks that aren't Ubel. But it could be the deck going forward since uh, Vampires aren't going to be good anymore. So that is where I am at in Duel World. Duel Links Meta Championship Series 16 happened last Saturday. And they, uh, of course, they had the simulated nerfs. So um, what happened was... A lot of people brought Ancient Gears, and Ancient Gears kind of made it to the top 32. Uh, almost a third of the decks were Ancient Gears. And Amazonist Masked Heroes kind of came back as well. Uh, Dinosaurs, Kowaki Meirus made it as well. First placed Charisma Sealed Tombs, Kowaki Meirus. So even with the nerfs, Kowaki Meirus are back in the tournament scene, at least. I'm not sure about the latter, but what happened here is... Skullmeister kind of became the tech card that everyone's using. And, you know, Skullmeister does 
and affects all those graveyard effects. So that's mostly uh, dinosaurs. Um, I think ancient gears might work too. It might negate the gear town slash ancient fortress move. But you know this deck uh, without three Maximus, without three Iron Cores, still gets it done. You need, you do need more of those other cards though. You, this one has an extra Sandman and an extra Wall, so those were typically run at one each. And um, yeah, three Skullmeisters that really did do it. This deck also has three Cosmic Cyclones and three uh, Drowning Mirror Force in the sideboard. You can kind of play matchups. Uh, of course, um, Cosmic Cyclone is very good against Dinosaurs and Ancient Gears. Second place, Reg Trainer 1, Sealed Tombs, Kowaki Meru as well. Um, no, Skull, no Skullmeisters, though. This one is built slightly differently. You have three Bad Aims instead. That's a card that is also seeing a lot of play now in the tournament scene. Two Fire Formation, Gyaku, and a Core Reinforcement. Third place, Fetiquap, Middle Age. Um, I mean, this is just Ancient Gears here. And um, this one has a bunch of the new cards, which I just mentioned. Two Skullmeisters, two bad aims as well. Um, yeah, otherwise it's the same Ancient Gear deck. You have those cards that destroy uh, spells. So there's two Galaxy Cyclones and two Double Cyclones to take care of you know, your own spells to cheat out your Ancient Gear Wyverns. And third place, Grucius, Endless Trap, Hell, Amazonus. This one has three Skullmeisters. It's becoming a thing now. Three bad aims. So it's it's Amazonus with uh, the new cards. Some other cool ones here. Uh, fifth place, Luke Tyler, Balance Lavels. So Lavels got fifth place with a dinosaur with a one giant Rex in it because it gets banished. Garabu with Kaibacorp playing Spellbooks. Wodic with... Destiny Calling Masked Heroes. Nifroth with a, a Thunder deck. So this one has Brohunder, Thunder Seahorse, Morphtronic Radeon. Oh, that's pretty cool. With the skill Mythic Depths. I guess I think Mythic Depths increases uh, Thunder. Kind of like uh, the Pokemon thing with um, Water Conducting Electricity, I guess. So anyhow, um, that was MCS 16. Let's go over the top four from Meta Weekly 64. Here, Masked Heroes uh, were the main deck brought. Uh, people responded with Masked Heroes, Amazonas, you know, a bunch of other things. Tenma, first place, Kaibacorp, Blink, Kwaki, Meru. Um, so this one has two glossy diamond cores. That's pretty good. Uh, of course, no, not everyone's going to have two glossy uh, diamond cores to, to build this deck. But this one is a bit different. There's Rook Lord in the main deck. And also Kawaki Meru prototypes are two. I was thinking about how to make the deck work. And, you know, they have so many different monsters. I was thinking of getting Rook Lord involved or prototypes. So this one has them. Also has the Skullmeisters, of course. Second place, Irving, Destiny Calling, Masked Heroes. Uh, Skullmeisters in here. Um... A lot of removal tools. Offerings to Doom seems to be a pretty good card for Masked Heroes, too. Raul Torres, third place. Kaibacorp Bling, Masked Heroes. This one's interesting. It only has uh, two Decider and one Drill Dark and two Skullmeisters. Those are all the monsters that this deck has. A lot of traps, though. 
This one's different. The previous Irving deck had no traps at all. Finally, uh, third place, Shao's Sealed Tombs Kawakamiru. This is the same exact deck as the uh, first place deck from Charisma in the MCS 16. So it's a Kawakamiru deck. Uh, three Skullmeisters, three Cosmic Cyclones. It seems like they are they survived the, the nerfs and are doing pretty well, but we're, we're not sure what cards are going to be released. We're not sure what's going to happen. This is just a simulated um, environment for the nerfs, but it seems that Kawakimiru's did not die as I had expected. And with this, uh, with these uh, Duel Links meta results, they turned out the new tier list update for the week. Ancient Gears are the only first place uh, tier 1 deck right now. Just because of res- uh, representation, a lot of people brought them, and they did pretty well. So that, that pretty much leaves you as the only one in tier 1. Tier 2 is a bit more crowded. Amazonists and Masked Heroes have moved up from nothing to Tier 2. Dinosaurs fell back down. I think a lot of the hate, Skullmeister hate, is targeted at Dinosaurs despite their speed. And Kwakumeru is back in Tier 2 as well. Our Courage remained the, the lone Tier 3 deck. Their uh, card advantage and ability to draw into you know their counter cards really makes them... Not go away, I guess. And Buster Blader and Vampires have been removed from the Duelings meta tier list. During the week, um, the Ubel event went on, and uh, it was kind of a replay of the first Ubel event where you get to acquire her. And the difference is, for those players who have done both events, you can actually get a full playset of Terror Incarnate and also the Ultimate Nightmare. So those are the second and third forms of Ubel. And previously, we only had one of each. This time, you could get them through two roaming duelists. So Ubel comes back, and you could acquire them. And also from the EX Trader. So I actually spent all 600 of my EX Stones on those cards, just to make sure I had a full playlist. Even if I was never going to play Ubel, I thought they'd be good to have. And... As I mentioned, I was pretty frustrated by playing them all the time. And uh, the reasons are because um, there are ways to deal with Ubel with the Psychic Synchro deck I played. But at the same time, I felt um, the games took forever. That That's something I didn't really want or have time for. And also, um, I don't know, it was, it was very like one-dimensional. Like I had to wait till I drew my Econ or something like that to win the game. So I thought it would be cool to ask the question of the week for everyone. Um, what's your opinion on Ubel decks? I, I only had three options. Love them, hate them, or they're all, all right. And um, personally, I don't. I can't say I hate them. I think they're somewhere between hate them and all right, I think. So I'm not really I fully hate them, but uh, 18% of respondents love Ubel decks. 37% hate them, and 45% say they're alright. So I do think most people are more level-headed. They they acknowledge the flaws of the deck, and despite it being you know, one of the more annoying decks around, uh, it's more palatable since you can uh, beat them a ton. I had a bunch of responses on Twitter from the poll tweet and also a tweet where I complained about uh, Ubel decks. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talk, Doug Damon Duel, contributor of this podcast... 
said, we have a lot of spot removal in the game right now, so Ubel is not as big of a threat as it was before. However, I strongly dislike stall decks, and Ubel falls under that category. Separate tweet says, I never liked the metagame that promotes stall decks. For a mobile game, that's not what we need. 15-minute duels are not ideal for my battery, lol. Yep, I think I I am 100% you know, in this mindset. We are playing speed duels for a reason. And if control decks kind of take over, it'll be cool. Control decks have a place, but I think they have to have more strategies, like more um, cooler strategies than when Ubel is. Ubel is just like, oh, I'm going to mill you. I'm going to clear the board every turn. But, you know, it's the same thing over and over again. So it's a bit not that good. Grand Terrier, our longtime uh, Patreon supporter, says... Oppressive to decks who don't include outs, easy farms for those who do. Yep. Um, that's what people... Uh, that's what makes Ubel more alright than horrible. I to Corpse says, Ubel is a gimmick deck. Cards like Limit Reverse Calculator, Warm Worm, and Fire King Island are creative, sure, but annoying. I could live without them. Separate, decks, uh, separate tweet says, Ancient Gear, Ubel, and Nephis decks are all over the ladder, so gross. I think Nephis is what could put the deck into an oppressive state. I can't say it's oppressive because it's a ritual deck, so that's, you know, you're paying a lot of costs there. But at the same time, Ubel can be easy to beat if they have no power plays, I think, and you and Nephis gives them power plays. So, you know, I don't know where that is going to go after all the nerfs are in place. Marble Scrabble says, play mill. It loses to Ancient Gear, but... Can never lose against Ubel. I, I can't say I'm the biggest fan of playing an annoying deck to beat another annoying deck, but I can't play Mill because I don't have Warm Worms. I think they were from like the second box or the the ocean box. I forget what it was. The one that had Leviathan. I'm, that, remember when Leviathan was <laughs> the best deck? Anyhow, um, yeah, I can't even play that. Crowbench Warmer says, play Lavals, have fun. I also can't play Lovels. Um, that's what I get for being free to play. Uh, in quotes, quotes free to play. By the way, I'm not exactly free to play, but I don't spend a lot of money on the game, so I can't play a bunch of decks. Uh, that's why I was playing Vampires for so long. I can't play the Psychic Synchro deck just because I have one Wheel of Dealers, and that's all I needed. So cool. High uh, High Defined says haven't played in a while, but the rank duel experience for me. Hasn't been enjoyable when I get higher in the ladder. I won 10 duels in a row, and I felt disinterested in my playstyle and the playstyle of the current environment. Yeah, um, that's kind of the thing, what you're looking for in in a game, and uh, that kind of goes along with the next tweet, but um, there's more consistency, there's more top-deck consistency in the higher ranks. Um, If you're a person who likes playing just random decks, uh, the lower ranks are for you, but it's kind of like, are you playing for a challenge or are you playing for fun type situation? And also, how much variation there is in the top levels. It's obviously more fun when there are more choices and you're not facing the same three decks all the time. But that's definitely something that is a struggle in any uh, competitive digital card game or any card game for that matter. Finally, Eisenhart LTD says, 
That's why I stay in the lower tiers of Duel Links. There is no reason, at least for me, to bust hours on end trying to reach King of Games, since there is no real achievement or gain for doing so. King of Games is more a self-ego inflation than anything else. So, I will say this is true for some people, but for me, I do want to get at least 100 wins, where I get some of the you know, extra gems and tickets. I, I will get the UR ticket as well, but sometimes... 120 games is a stretch for me to get the the third SR ticket for the month. Um, during the months where they have the Kaiba Cup, it's easier, but w- when there's no other incentive, it's harder to do so. And I'm going to segue into an article I wrote uh, a while back, almost two years ago. And this is, uh, for those who don't know, I used to write a lot about Hearthstone and this uh, blog called uh, com And... You know, I wrote a lot about Hearthstone Arena, and eventually I stopped, but in, in this uh, linked article, I wrote a post called, Why Do We Play Games Nowadays? And I kind of, you know, I, I was doing a lot of thinking about why people play games, and that has changed since time. But just, you know, some some of the overall reasons I have for why people play games for fun, um, for fame, for money. For fame and for money, those are more new things, where there's esports now, and you know, you can think about the reasons why you would play a Kaiba Cup, you know, play a Duel Links meta tournament, things like that. Those are for money, I guess. For community, for rewards, for experience, for loyalty, for fulfillment, and that's it. So, I guess uh, where, you know, the Duel Links ranked ladder ranks for you, some of it could be for rewards, you know, they have those... um uh, for how many wins you get in ranked season, those are for rewards. Uh, experience isn't really a new thing anymore. I guess sometimes you want to play a new card that Duel Links has released that you really want to play in the TCG, something like that. For loyalty, is definitely a thing that Yu-Gi-Oh has. Um, you know, that's all. That's a reason why I went back to Duel Links for loyalty of the times I had back in the TCG days. And for fulfillment, I guess uh, fulfillment is a thing that. Duel Links hasn't really had, because uh, you just hit King of Games and that's it, right? Like, there's no there's no other ranking system for you. Of course, the Kaiba Cup does have a ranking system, sort of, but it's really, you know, you're top 10, I'm top 10,000. That, that doesn't really mean anything, you know, so. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of reasons why we play games, and um, I guess Duel Links hasn't done the best job that uh, of... You know, hitting the other spots other than the rewards, I think. Okay, so uh, this week we have two new cards that were released. I'm going to talk about the new cards from the 5Ds characters after this, but these are just two completely new cards. The first one is from Dual Quest, and this is the Silent Paladin. I don't think we have this card yet because we're not allowed to move over to whatever points, but we're getting this card soon. The 4-star Light Fairy... 500 attack, 1500 defense. When this card is normal summoned, you can add a Silent Swordsman level 3 or Silent Magician level 4 from your deck to your hand. During either player's turn, when a spell card is activated, the target's exactly one monster you control and no other cards you can negate that activation. This effect can only be used once while this is face up on the field. If this is destroyed by battle, or if this card is destroyed uh, by opponent's card effect, Target one light level monster in your graveyard, add it to your hand. So this is a support card for your Silent Magician or Silent Swordsman decks. It works for both. Of course, the problem is 
people don't really play the Silent Swordsman level 3 or a Silent Magician level 4. You have the... I don't know what this is called. It's an unleveled card. It's the Silent Magician or Swordsman that special summons themselves by sacrificing another monster. And then they... they um, when they're destroyed, they get the big guy out. So you can have your big Silent Magician or your big Silent Swordsman. Uh, so this card doesn't really fit um, with the ones that use level up and things like that. So, And then the other card is from the Card Trader. So this one's not unlimited. You get three of these Cattle Calls, Quick Play Spell... Send one face-up monster you control to the graveyard whose original type is Beast, Beast Warrior, or Winged Beast. Special summon one monster from your extra deck with the same original type, but it cannot attack. Its effects are negated and is also destroyed during the end phase. You can only activate one Cattle Call per turn. So I think this is a card that has uh, no apparent use currently, but it seems like a card for XZ summoning, so... When you need to ramp up into a bigger monster, and then you can XD summon. So I think this is a card that you could just, you know, get three of, and then just keep stash for the future when those mechanics are introduced into the game. Now we're going to talk about the level 35 rewards for 5Ds characters. Typically when we talk about these cards, um, these cards aren't too good. Like these uh, character level cards aren't too good just because... Sometimes you don't get full play sets of them or whatever. But every so often we do run into a good card. An example would be Odeon having Curse of Anubis. That's a card that just never really went away in the meta. So some of these cards are pretty interesting. So I'll try to point out those. The Yusei is giving out a new card called Miracle's Wake. Trap card. Target one monster that was destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard this turn. Special summon it. This is one of those cards. Situational re. Monster Reborn, it should activate more often than not. And, um, you know, like, there are cards like, you know, you could run Powerful Rebirth or whatever, but every card has its reason for existing, and this just gives you an extra monster, whether for Synchro Summoning or, you know, abusing an ability that fetches you something and things like that. You know, this has a lot of use. I think this is a potentially useful card, but we only get one. Unknown Synchron is a card we already have one of, but this is the second copy. It's a tuner. Uh, if your opponent controls a monster, you control none. Special summon this from the hand. You can only use this once per duel. So even though, you know, if you have two of these and you can only use this once per duel, the, ins- the increase of two of these in the deck definitely increases the consistency. I have not used place in defense mode. Um... That's a wasted card, sure, but, you know, increasing consistency is not really an excuse. People do did run, you know, two or three treacherous trap holes, so there it is. Dark Resonator, we're getting another copy of uh, Jack Atlas card, Fiend Tuner. First time this card will be destroyed by battle. Each turn is not destroyed. So this card seems okay as a tuner, but it's not fast. It's uh, normal speed, slow, whatever you want to call it. So the only... Tuners we are seeing are the fast ones. Junk Synchron is the one that gets you an advantage with Akiza, so this doesn't really do that. So uh, I would say this is on the outside looking in for now again. Dark Bug, we are getting a second copy of. Uh, when this card's normal, summon, select, and special summon one level three tuner monster from your graveyard. The effect of that monster is negated. So this sets up a level four 
You have your one, this card's one star, and then your level three tuner. So, um, you know, having two of these definitely helps, but we do need better level four uh, synchro summons. I think we only have one so far in the underworld fighter, so we need better level fours synchro summons for this card to see play, I think. Move on to Crow Hogan, Black Wing, Damascus, the Polar Knight. 3-star, 1,300-700 during either player's turn. You can discard this card. Target one Black Wing you control. It gains 500 attack during the end phase. Black Wings never really went anywhere, and this is another card that goes along with it. It is a hand uh, discard. It's a. It seems like it's a quick effect. I'm not sure if it is, but if it's not a quick effect, it probably won't see play at all. And... Uh, 500 attack is not a ton. These cards are already very understated as is. This is a new one, I think. Blackwing Pinaki, the Waxing Moon. 3-star tuner, 1,200, 1,000. Cannot be used as synchro material except for the synchro summon of a Blackwing synchro monster. During the end phase, if this is in the graveyard, because it was sent there from the field this turn, add a Blackwing from your deck to your hand except for Pinaki. You can use this effect once per turn. So it's a tuner that works for your black wings it's not fast but it gives you card advantage so um if these cards if the black wings ever make it this does seem like a good card for the deck having an extra this one just gets you a card so that's pretty good move on to akiza's cards violet witch four star spellcaster 1100 1200 if this card is destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard add a plant monster with 1500 uh, or less defense from your deck to your hand. This is a card that doesn't seem to have a use right now, but of course, these cards are quite good. Any tutor card you can think of for the future. Botanical Lion is a card that we're getting a second copy of. Four star plant, 1600, 2000. If this card, this card gains 300 attack for each plant monster you control, control this card on the field cannot switch. So, right off, uh, it's a four star, 1900. It's a card that hasn't seen play. It doesn't really have an archetype to fit in yet, but on its own, it's a fine, um, you know, beginner type card. Leo's cards: Morphtronic Lantron, One Star Machine Tuner, two hundred, two hundred. While in attack mode, any effect damage you would take from an opponent's card effect is inflicted to your opponent instead. While in defense mode, when this card is destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, you can take no battle damage this turn. So the second ability, while in defense mode. Destroyed by battle and sent to the graveyard, you take no battle damage. This is a lot. This is basically an extra winged Karibo, so it might have some use in stall decks, I think. Morphtronic Smartphone, I think we already have one version, one copy of this card. It's a one star machine tuner, 100 100. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned from your hand by banishing a Morphtronic monster from the graveyard. When it's in attack mode, once per turn, you can roll a six-sided die, excavate that many cards from the top of your deck, add an excavated Morphtronic card to your hand, shuffle the rest back to your deck. When it's in defense mode, once per turn, roll a die. Look at that many cards from the top of your deck and place them all either on the top or bottom of your deck. So we haven't really seen these cards see a ton of play. Um, this, is, this isn't a horrible card at all. I mean, it's... It, we haven't seen dice since... Um, Sylvans, and this doesn't have as strong as ability as the Sylvans in disrupting the board, but it's more about card advantage, getting the Morphtronic card to your hand, 
and also scrying, the defense abilities of scry ability. So it's a very creative card, but I'm not sure if it has a place in the fast-paced game that we have right now. Luna's cards, Bear Blocker. This is a new card. 3-star, 1600 attack, 0 defense, Fiend. During your opponent's turn, set cards in your opponent's, and your spell and trap zones cannot be destroyed by card effects. If a set card in your spell or trap zone is destroyed by an opponent's card effect, this card gains 800 attack until the end of this turn. So, this card basically pr- protects your back row uh, while this is on the field. 1600 attacker. And if a set card in your spell trap zone is destroyed by a card effect, it gains 800 attack. So, it's kind of like the 800 attack doesn't really matter, and it's only going to activate during your turn. So you when you're attacking and they destroy your back row, it gains 800, becomes a 2400. It's pretty good, but this is a super situational card. It's a very interesting card. I can't say it's a bad card. It definitely has its uses, but it's a weird, it's a very weird card. Counselor Lily is another card from Luna. It's a 3-star fairy, tuner, 400 attack, 1500 defense. When this is sent to the graveyard for Synchro Summon, you can pay 500 life points to have that monster gain 1,000 attack until the end phase. So, the ability is pretty nice. It's a better version than the Fire Resonator that Jack has, but um, we do have that card, um, Psychic Tracker, which gives him 600 attack permanently. This only gives you 1,000 until the end phase. It is slow, though, so I would say it's also on the outside looking in in terms of tuners to use. And finally, Trudge gives two Goyle Defenders. A three-star warrior synchro with a thousand attack and defense. Uh, one tuner, one non-tuner. Once per turn, if all monsters you control are Earth Warrior Synchro monsters, you can special summon a Goyle Defender from your extra deck. When this is targeted for an attack, you can make this card gain a thousand attack for each Earth Warrior Synchro monster you control, other than this one until the end of the damage step. So this is a very situational card. It's, you get you could basically synchro summon for free, and that 1,000, 1,000 could become 2,000 attack, but you do need other Earth Warrior synchros all around, and with a 3-monster board, I don't really like the chances of that happening, so this is not a very good card, it seems. I'm done talking about the level 35 cards, and here is Doug Dimmenduel, Yu-Gi-Oh! Deck Talks, and he has a prequel deck here, it's a spell counter synchro decks synchro deck. It utilizes some of the old cards with counters like Breaker and Magical Something, along at, with some of the new cards we've gotten for the last mini box involving spell counters. So it's a spell counter deck with synchro monster play as well. So here is Doug Dimmenduel. Hey there, this is Doug Dimadul with Doug's Casual Deck of the Week. This time we're looking at an old mechanic that's been revitalized with the new Dimension of the Wizards box set. Uh, you know, the mini box that came out on March 11th. 
And this deck that I'm building is a spell counter synchro deck. Uh, it's not the most competitive deck. It's really fun for casual play, and I've had a lot of success and a very high win rate in the PvE uh, events using this deck. So without further ado, let's go into it. The character that I'm using is Yami Yugi with Destiny Draw. Uh, I figured this makes the most sense because there's so many different ways this deck can be played, and each situation varies depending on where you're at. So Destiny Draw allows you to pull that one card out of your deck that you're really going to need as long as you take 2,000 life points uh, or more of damage in that last turn. So uh, anyway, we'll start with the monsters. I run two copies of Breaker the Magical Warrior. It's the level 4 uh, spellcaster with 1,600 attack, 1,000 defense. If this card is normal summoned, place one spell counter on it for a maximum of one. This card gains three th uh, 300 attack for each spell counter on it. You can remove one spell counter from this card, then target one spell or trap card on the field and destroy that target. So uh, this is one of the better URs. I only have two copies, so I use two copies in this deck. Uh, it starts to allow you to clear your opponent's back row, possibly before you start going into your synchro plays, uh, whether or not you're going to go that route. The next card that I run is Magical Something. I only run two copies of it because this is another UR that's, you know, in one of the larger boxes. So uh, I only have two copies. But it's a level 4 spellcaster, 1800 attack, 1300 defense. Each time a spell card is activated, you place one spell counter on this card when that spell resolves. This card's level is increased by the number of spell counters on this card. And then you can also remove three spell counters from this card. Then target one quick play spell in your graveyard and uh, set that card to your spell and trap card zone. So you can only use that effect once per turn, but the reason why Magical Something's effect is more relevant in this deck than it probably would have been in an old spell counter deck is that you're running Mythical uh, Bestiary, uh, which is a new quick play spell card, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but effectively Magical Something allows you to recycle that card and keep those spell counters coming on the field, so it's really, really good. Uh, next strategy that we got here is um, Defender, the Magical Knight. It's another spellcaster, level 4, 1600 attack, 2000 defense. You can see the theme here is I'm running all the spellcasters that can start to put spell uh, counters on themselves. Uh, its effect is if this card is normal summoned, place one spell counter on it for a maximum of one. Once per turn, if a spellcaster type monster on the field would be destroyed, you can remove one spell counter from your side of the field uh, for each of those monsters instead. So if your opponent is using like a Ubel effect, uh, where it's going to blow up, you know, two or three of your spellcasters on the field, uh, Defender of the Magical Knight would have the capability to remove multiple spell counters in that one occurrence to keep all your spellcasters alive. So it's a really, really solid card, and again, it's a level 4. So that's the third uh, spellcaster that's level 4 that I run, and those are the only spellcasters that are in this, because the other uh, two cards that I run are uh, the tuners. And the first tuner that I like to use is Double X Saber Full Helm Knight. This is the UR from uh, the first Synchro box. It's a level 3 warrior tuner, 1300 attack, 1000 defense. When an opponent's monster declares an attack, you could target the attacking monster and negate the attack. So, 
that's basically the effect that you're going to be using from this. It's really to keep it on the field and hopefully get one of your level 4 spellcasters uh, onto the field next turn and go into your synchro play. The other card that I run is Dark Resonator, and because of the new level cap increase, we're able to run um, two copies of Dark Resonator now. I'm hoping to get a third copy someday because, again, this tuner has a real built-in flotation aspect to it. Uh, the first time this card would be destroyed by battle each turn, it is not destroyed. So you could put it in defense position or attack position or whatever, uh, and your opponent would have to attack into it twice to try and get it off the field. And depending on if it's early early in the duel and they only have one monster, then yeah, you may take some damage, in which case sometimes you could activate your destiny draw off of that. Uh, but you know that this tuner will stay on the field. So... Uh, anyway, that's all the monsters that I'm running. The whole purpose of running those tuners and those spellcaster non-tuners are to go into Arcanite Magician. Uh, you are pretty much familiar with this card is by now because it's on the cover of the newest mini box, but it's a level 7 spellcaster synchro, 400 attack, 1800 defense. This is you know, the backbone of this deck. This is what you're really trying to make happen here. It requires the one tuner plus one or more non-tuner spellcaster type monsters. If the card is Synchro Summon, place two spell counters on it, and the card gains 1,000 attack for each spell counter on it. You could also remove one spell counter from your field. That means anywhere, not just on Arcanite Magician. And you could target one card your opponent controls and destroy that target. So if you're setting up a field where you have a lot of different spell casters and a lot of spells and traps on your field that have counters on them... Arcanite Magician could go to town and just start clearing your opponent's board. So this is a pretty good win condition card if you're able to get the synchro play going. And it also helps that upon summon, it gets two more spell counters put onto it uh, just from being summoned. So what spells and traps are we running? Well, I'm running three powers, uh, uh, three copies of Spell Power Grasp. It's a spell card where you target one face-up card on the field that you could place a spell counter on and then place one spell counter on it. Then you could add one more copy of Spell Power Grasp from your deck to your hand. I like this card a lot, not because you're getting a lot of counters on the field by using it, but because you're able to kind of really move through your deck by getting that extra copy out of there. So uh, that way you're not really clogging your, your draw phase with too many spells if you're thinning your deck by using a card like this. So that's why I really like this. Uh, the next card I mentioned earlier is Mythical Bestiary. It is a quick play spell card where you send the top two cards of your deck to the graveyard and then target one face-up card on the field that you could place a spell counter on. Place up to two spell counters on it. If this card in its owner's possession is destroyed by an opponent's card effect, you can special summon one monster from your deck that you could place a spell counter on, and if you do, place up to two spell counters on it. You can only activate one Mythical Bestiary per turn. So... You know, that's why I like to recycle it with Magical Something. Uh, at least, you know, you could use the card during your turn. You could start putting some spell counters on Magical Something. And, and just from playing the spell card, you get one additional spell counter on Magical Something. And uh, then in the next turn... Uh, you'll have already reset the card back onto your field from using Magical Something's effect, and you could uh, you know, effectively use two more uh, spell counters somewhere on your field that way. So it has some recyclability to it using that combo, but where you really want those uh, spell counters to go is on the next card that I'm going to talk about here, and that's Power of the Guardians. This has to be one of the best normal cards that you could get out of this box. I love this card. It could be used in so many different ways, uh, but this is an equip spell card where if an attack is declared involving the equipped monster, that means 
If you declare an attack or if an attack is being declared against you, that is incredible. Uh, so the effect is then you place one spell counter on this card. The equipped monster gains 500 attack and defense for each spell counter on this card. If the equipped monster would be destroyed by battle or card effect, you can remove one spell counter from your field instead. It's not specifying that the spell counter has to come from this card specifically. It could come from anywhere on your field. So if you're running a deck with a Citadel of Endymion or anything along those lines that have multiple spell counters on it, just take a spell counter from that. You could take a spell counter off of Magical Something or off of uh, Breaker the Magical Warrior or any of those things. I mean, this is this is such a great utility card for this deck, and I find in a lot of times I don't even need to go into Synchro plays because I'll have have Magical Something, or I'll have Breaker the Magical Warrior, or I'll have Defender the Magical Knight, and equip this card to it with a ton of counters on it by using, you know, Spell Power Grasp, or by using Mythical Bestiary to start loading up those counters, and for every counter you're getting that 500 attack and defense boost, plus that added protection if that monster ends up potentially being destroyed by battle or card effect. So, it this card is... It's just amazing. I mean, it's really, really good. Uh, so what's the biggest weakness in this deck and with this strategy is, of course, Canadias, Floodgate Trap Holes, anything that flips your monsters face down, because then you lose all those spell counters. Uh, that's never any good. And you could also lose the equip card that way. So, yeah, that's why I say it's not the most competitive deck, seeing as how many people are running Canadias and how many people are running uh, Floodgate Trap Holes. So, um but as far as the PvE experience goes, this deck is just an absolute blast to play. Uh, it's one of my favorites right now. I just love going into the combo for Arcanite Magician. And since this deck really revolves around level 7 synchros, feel free to add some other utility level 7s like Lightning Warrior or Ancient Fairy Dragon or, or whatever you think will fit it best that's just a generic level 7 synchro. Because uh, that's basically all you're going to be doing are these uh, synchro plays if you can. Um, but... I mean, my ideal hand is is any monster plus power of the guardians. I mean, that equip card is just incredible to start the game with. And I definitely, definitely recommend if you haven't bought into the new mini box with your gems or if you're taking advantage of the sale, I definitely recommend doing so. There are just a lot of, a lot of good cards that uh, can be utilized in a lot of different ways. And I feel like Power of the Guardians is one of those cards where, yeah, it has obvious synergy with a spell counter deck. But the equip card has a lot of synergy with uh, plenty of other decks, too, that uh, uh, maybe not a whole lot of people have really put much thought into, yet one of them, uh, I've already seen people posting about uh, a Hazy Flame deck using Power of the Guardians and stuff to uh, have that added protection between turns uh, when the uh, you know, when you're not using Beatdown during your opponent's turn with your with your Hazy Monsters, so... Uh, Boy, this is this has a lot of potential, and uh, if this card is as good as I think it is, then uh, I think we'll be seeing it a lot in uh, both casual and competitive play. So, anyway, that's my input on a spell counter synchro deck. There's so many different ways you could build this deck, but I kind of wanted to keep the theme of, uh, you know, Magical Something and uh, uh, Breaker the Magical Warrior. You could use any level 4 spellcaster monsters, and I know there are just a ton to choose from that are all very good, so... Uh, just go with the level 3 tuners, go with the level 4 spellcasters. You could even go with uh, a deck build that utilizes the Tricky, which is level 5. Uh, special summon by sending a card to the graveyard and then just using any level 2 tuner. It's effectively the same effect because the Tricky is a spellcaster. So you could always go into your uh, your Arcanite uh, 
uh, Magician Synchro plays that way too. So uh, this is just more of a straightforward strategy, the one that I'm going through and the one that I've been using. Uh, like I said, you could utilize Destiny Draw. You could utilize uh, any other skill that would uh, you feel would be beneficial. Uh, of course, uh, the skill like Kabakorp Bling always seems to be the go-to for just about any deck. If uh, if you pulled the right Prismatics and you pulled the right Glossies, I think you could make that work. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of ways to do this. So I'm kind of curious to see um, some of you folks and seeing how, how you've tweaked your deck as well to see if it... Uh, See if you could get it as competitive as you can. So, uh, if you do, um, if you do have have any new deck ideas too, feel free to uh, share it with the Dual Assessment Podcast, and uh, I'll definitely be checking those out. So, anyway, thanks for listening to uh, this casual deck of the week, and I'll see you next time. Thanks, Doug. And you can check him out every week at the uh, around this time of the podcast. <laughs> so I'll talk about a week, a deck every week. Um, upcoming news: We just got this news last night uh, while I was asleep. Uh, Sartorius unlockable. This is old news. He starts off on the twenty fifth, and we get to acquire him. Very interesting uh, development as he has a lot of cards that are not uh, released into the TCG. Of course, the last. The Psychic Tracker and Psychic Wheel Dealer are actually two cards that are not TCG cards. They're only available in Japanese in the OCG version. So we are we are heading into uncharted territory of cards that TCG players may not be familiar with. So it would be interesting if Sartorius goes in that direction. Of course, the problem with Sartorius is he has a lot of RNG. He uh he had to make you know people guess you know what side his card was so it's probably like flipping coins so that could get a little dangerous but hopefully it's not too overwhelming. Duelathon is back early April. Kaiba Cup of course stage one is happening April four to fifteen so it's plenty of days to get to, through stage one. Of course if you got Legend or King of Games this month you're automatically at level ten so half of it's done. April twelfth to, to fifteen is the second stage. Um. I think I'll be working at a conference that weekend, so I, I don't know how much Kaiba Cup I'll be playing, but <laughs> there it is. Um, Epic Yami is back early April with new cards Archfiend Commander and the legendary Exodia Incarnate. Mid-April, Return of Jack Atlas with a new skill. Mid-April, Tour Guide Mission Bingo. Mid-April, Special Duels are back. And last time they had the um, deck standard deck requirements or whatever, this time, first player draws. So, something that's notorious in Yu-Gi-Oh! is the first player is usually at a disadvantage because they can't attack. There's no initiative. So, in order to try to tinker with the game's rules and you know experiment, the first player is going to draw an extra card. So, that's going to be something... We're going to see how big of a, a deal this is. This seems like a really big deal. Uh, we will see. Late April... Duelist Chronicles GX Season 2. So it's basically after um, they got through Season 1. So it's the uh, Sartorius arc. So you've got Hasselberry. And um, yeah, it's the Sartorius arc. So 
we get we get the character ready. So the sprites are ready in the game. So it's all set up there. Late April Dual Quest uh, is back. So we are, we're in Dual Quest right now. So we're getting one exactly a month from now. Planned updates. Inventory capacity increase. So yeah, people like me have extra boosters lying around. We get to hold on to more of those. Probably the biggest news of all. Extra deck is increasing one size. So we have we're going to have six extra deck slots. Of course, synchros are... You know, fun. So we have an extra toolbox for synchros or for fusion decks or for decks that use both. I don't know. And of course, this uh, helps, you know, future like XZs. I think XZs are extra deck cards too. So this helps for the future. I'm not sure if one card isn't enough, but uh, it's definitely good to have an increase for now. And finally, the auto deck update. So we, um, this was supposed to be planned for this month, but they, they delayed it. I don't know if anyone's going to even use it, so who cares, right? So that's going to be next month. So that is it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the comments uh, regarding the poll or anything else. And thanks for interacting with me. Uh, It's great to be talking dual links with people as we get through these times. Uh, Listen to this podcast. Search the dual assessment. We're everywhere. Uh, Subscribe. Um, Hopefully this uh, makes a difference, gets you through it. this this episode this episode's not gonna be an hour, but you know, hopefully, I've distracted you from uh, the mundanity of life for an hour, and hopefully, you got something out of this podcast. That's why I'm doing it. Check out the podcast and more at the website, thedualassessment.wordpress.com. Email me. I don't really use the email, but sure, thedualassessment@gmail.com, or better yet, find me on Twitter, dual underscore assessment me at Green Ranger CCG. So thanks everyone, and I will see you next week. 